Forest City Church. Anyone and everyone. Well, today we're going to conclude the songs of Advent. The last couple of weeks we've done uh, Mary's song, and the last week Zachariah's song, and today I'm going to talk about the angel's song. We find this in Luke chapter 2, and allow me to read it. It says this in Luke 2, 8 through 17. In the same region there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there is with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, and here's our song, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. Talking about the angel's song, I'm going to really highlight the song of peace that's available for you and for me. Let's pray. God, thank you for today. Thank you that we get to gather under the name of Jesus together in this community of Four City Church. And we're grateful that we get to really walk towards the Christmas season or walk in the Christmas season in Advent, acknowledging the arrival of your son, Jesus. And I pray today would be a day that we would really begin to grasp and understand the availability of peace in our lives in your son, Jesus. We love you. We thank you. It's in your son's name. Amen. 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 I found myself the other day at Ace Hardware gathering up more leaf bags for my lawn that continued to pile up more leaves in this fall season. It was a while ago, so again, it wasn't just last week, okay, guys? I did my job. But the thing is, I had a bunch of bags, and 15 didn't do it, so I need to go get 15 more. Lots of leaves in the front. Also, my kids decided to rake the neighbor's yards and help out, which is like, Man, you, you know, being a dad, I'm like, look at, my, look at my kids, just helping out the neighbors. The only problem was they were bringing their leaves over to my lawn so then they could play in a bigger leaf pile. This was their strategy. I have a, an elderly gentleman who lives behind me, and he asked me, could your son Parker come and rake my leaves? And I was like, absolutely, Parker, he's going to pay you, and this is great for you. And then I find him grabbing tarps of leaves, bringing them from the back alley from my neighbor's house into the front lawn of my house and then throwing them into the pile and then going to get more. And then even neighbors like four houses down grabbing their leaves. And I thought, well, I'm now responsible to bag these things. And, and truly, I took a long time to rake all my leaves. And I'm looking at all my neighbors as their lawns look very pristine and beautiful and raked. And you can actually see the green grass. I feel like I'm being judged on my, on my block, which is fine. I can handle it. But eventually I get out there, pile up these leaves and get them in the bags and then I find myself thinking, I need more. So I find myself at Ace Hardware, like I said. I'm standing in line, and there's a lady, an older lady behind me and with a friend of hers. And I just overhear their talking. I begin to eavesdrop in their conversation. And she's talking about how much she just loves hardware stores. I mean, she's like, I just love hardware stores. 
I love the smells. I love the looks. I love the pristine tools, how they're hung perfectly on the shelves and how everything is just so perfect. I just absolutely love being in a hardware store. And I can't help but like listen and begin to think like, where is this going? And then she starts telling uh, a friend of hers, she says, I remember when my dad used to bring me to the hardware store downtown when I was just a little girl. We'd walk in there and in the same nostalgia that she was expressing was coming to mind that she was talking about the sense. I remember walking in there as a little girl with my dad and it was this hardware store off 7th Street. It was Scandia Hardware. What I, in my research, this was the very first hardware store in Rockford. And she was able to go back in her memory, remembering like those times walking with her dad. And now here she is years and years and years later, reflecting on this beautiful scent and the look and the feel that she's having. And I got in my car and I was like, I have to write this down. I got to put this in a note because there was something about like that moment for her. And what is it? There's a lot of nostalgia, right? There's nostalgia attached to it because it's like there's something there. But then I started thinking about Luke chapter two and this song that the angels sing where the shepherds are hearing and they talk about this idea of peace being available to everyone on earth. And I thought to myself, that lady is really at peace. I mean, the fact that the way she was talking, again, the, the feel of it, the scent, it was like, this lady is, is at peace. And then I started thinking about what we read every single week here at Four City Church during our prayer moment, Philippians 4, 6. But I'm gonna continue it. We know this. Don't worry about anything. Instead, what? We pray about everything. It continues. Paul writes to the church in Philippi. He says, tell God what you need and thank him for all that he's done. Then you will experience God's what? God's peace, which exceeds anything we can even understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Verse eight, it continues. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing. Then the God of peace will be with you. I couldn't help but think that this lady who's in the, in the middle of Ace Hardware, reflecting on the scent and the looks and the feels that she's having at a hardware store, <laughs> is really actually experiencing peace. Her, her thoughts are almost, in a sense, fixed on something that's true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable, something that's good. And I thought as I got in my car and I started taking down this note and thinking about this message and thinking about this verse, I'm like, man, I want to be a person that stands in the middle of a hardware store and not get angry because they don't have what I need or the line's too long or the lady at the checkout counter can't take my card, it's not working, whatever it may be. I want to be someone's like, it smells good in here. Look at how your hammers are just perfectly displayed on those walls, right? Look, in a time where like there's a lot going on in your life and my life, if you're like me, it's like there's, there's so much things. In a season of 
giving and receiving and maybe there's stressful lines or I forgot to get that thing for that person in my life or that family member really wanted this and I forgot to get it. Whatever it may be, this is the season we're in where it's easy to feel like you're not at peace. But there's one thing I guarantee you and I want more than anything in this season is what? It's peace. I know there's a lot that you want. I know there's a lot of things you desire. I know there's a lot of things you wish you could get. But man, I'm telling you, if we were able to have a good conversation, it'd be like, yeah, none of that actually really matters. What I want more than anything is what the angels sung that day. I just want peace. Amen? I want to experience peace. And looking back at Luke chapter 2, we see this son that is born, this child that is coming. Isaiah 9-6 puts it like this. He says, for us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And the government, all authority shall be upon his shoulder and his name shall be wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, and what? Prince of peace. You and I, truly, at the end of the day, come on, I want peace. And this is exactly what Jesus said in John 14, 27 to his disciples. He says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Peace I give to you. In this child who was born that Isaiah was talking about, the prince of peace, we look at Luke chapter two, and once the song was finished and the heavenly host left, the shepherds actually did something I think is really interesting. They went, the Bible says, in haste to go towards where the child was. They said to each other, let us go. And they left in haste their fields to go find Jesus, to go find ultimately what? The Prince of Peace. Psalm 34, 14 says it like this. Turn away from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. These shepherds, as they left the field that day, as they heard this beautiful song being sung about peace being available to all those on earth, They left where they were so they could seek after where peace is truly found, and they pursued it. Peter writes in his first letter in 1 Peter, he quotes this psalm, Psalm 34. But the audience that he's writing to, he would know that the reader is not only to just read it or say it or even just sing it, but they were to live it. The attention that Peter is writing to his audience is that you would be someone who actually pursues and seeks out peace all the days of your life. It wouldn't be just something we sing about or something that we tell one another. It'd be something that we actually live. This idea of seeking and pursuing peace wherever, that, wherever you find yourself, amen? Now, I'm gonna use this space as my confessional booth, so don't tell anybody. I have to have trust with you. I'm going to tell you exactly where I fall short of not experiencing peace. Are we good? Okay. Don't tell nobody. It's one word. Control. If you're like me, the reason why I don't experience peace in my life is because I have to control everything and everybody and every situation. When something's going not so good, I'm going to get my hands on it. I'm going to make it good. Right? I'm going to make it right. Something's not good at home. I want to make sure I get my hands on that thing and I control it. And then I find myself being like, why am I so ornery and anxious and frustrated? 
Trev, you got no peace because you keep trying to control everything that's going on. I have this line that I say to myself, you gotta only control the controllables. There's things in your life you can't control, so what do you gotta do? Let go. And in doing that, my prayer for myself is that I get to actually experience his peace. Amen? So maybe you guys can confess to one another later or tell me all your troubles and bad habits. Mine's control. You're welcome. Maybe give you the courage to share yours. Why is it? Why don't you experience peace in your life? Maybe it is control. Maybe there's certain things, especially in this season, that you're just trying to like navigate all this. You're trying to put every single puzzle piece together the way you want to put it together. So you got your hands in and on everything, things at work, things at school, things at home, things in your own personal life, things in your finances, whatever it may be, when you have control over all of it, in my experience, you lack peace. And I think, like I said earlier, if there's anything that you and I want to experience, especially in a season like this, it's peace. Amen? Amen. Experiencing Peace. My question is this, is it possible to achieve complete peace when we are simultaneously seeking control in every facet of our lives? Is it possible to experience peace while you're at the same time trying to control everything in your life? I'll give you the answer, no, right? No. So I'm gonna frame this in two different stories in Mark chapter five. Mark chapter five has these two beautiful stories. One we find this lady who has been experiencing health issues for what the scriptures tell us for 12 years. For 12 years, this lady has a bleeding issue and she actually has spent all of her money, all of her resources on physicians and doctors to help her. And the scriptures tell us that nothing has helped. That she continues to struggle in this health issue. She continues to struggle in her life. There is absolutely zero peace when it comes to this particular circumstance that she's experiencing. So then one day, after 12 years of going through this agonizing pain, she hears of this rabbi named Jesus who's coming through her town and her village. And she's heard great things about him, that there's great news that has been, been, that has been shared, that he's been healing those who have been sick, setting those who have been oppressed free. So she, in her illness, actually, by law, can't go out amongst the crowds, but yet she does it anyways. And she finds herself amongst all these people and she gets all the way to Jesus. And the scriptures tell us in Mark chapter five that she tags on the bottom of his garment. What would have been called in the rabbi's robe was the, the, in Hebrew, the tzitzitz. In the tzitzitz, it was almost like the, the little tassels at the bottom of this garment. And that's what she begins to pull on. And he says, who touched me? Imagine that moment of like, is it okay that I did? Was I not supposed to do this? Because he's a rabbi, he's one of the law. Maybe I actually did something wrong. I'm gonna actually be able to be sent out. I, I, I just broke the law. And yet Jesus says, who touched me? His disciples are like, rabbi, there, there's people all around you. Everybody's touching you. And he says this, no, 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 healing power went out of me. Someone touched me. Almost to say someone touched me with intentionality. And the woman speaks up. She tells Jesus her story, and then Jesus says these powerful words to her as she is fully healed of this 12-year illness. She, he says to her, go in peace. Go in peace. For the first time in her life, friends, can you imagine for 12 years you're experiencing this ailment, this illness, 
this thing that has weighed so heavy on you for so long that the rabbi says, go in peace, and you're actually able to believe it and live it because of her pursuit after the peacemaker, the prince of peace, Jesus. She experiences peace for the first time in her life. Amen? What does she do? She fully surrendered control and pursued Jesus, the Prince of Peace. Surrendered control. The second story we find right after this moment, Jesus is approached by a family member who says, hey, my daughter is sick. She's dying. And then we find that she's died fully. And Jesus says, this will no longer end in death. And she Jesus finds his way into this family's house. We'll pick it up in Mark chapter five, verse 39. It says this, as when, and when he had entered the house, he said to the people, because there's all these individuals, family members and friends and neighbors that are weeping and crying and wailing over the death of this 12 year old girl. He enters the house. He says, hey, why are you making a commotion and weeping? Jesus says something incredibly ridiculous and radical. He says, the child's not dead, but she is what? She's sleeping. And then the weeping and the wailing turns to laughter. They laughed at him, but he put them all outside and took the child's father and mother and those who were with him and went in where the child was. Taking her by the hand, he said to her, Talitha Kumi, which means little girl, I say to you, arise. Verse 42, and immediately the girl got up and began walking for she was 12 years of age and they were immediately overcome with amazement. So in one story, you see this lady who's been dealing with a 12-year issue of spending all of her resources to try to find ultimate peace, pursues and seeks after the peacemaker, the prince of peace, and experiences it, and then goes in peace. Then you have this other part of the story where Jesus walks into a house where everyone's weeping and wailing over the death of a child, and then he says something like, don't worry, she's just asleep, and then they laugh at him, and Jesus does something interesting. We just read it. Jesus does what? He sends them all out, almost to say, you do not belong in this space because a miracle is about to take place. And if you have any unbelief in this, I don't want you in this place. I don't want you in this room because peace is about to be experienced. The miracle of peace for this family who is just was weeping and wailing in pain over their child who is now dead at the age of 12. Jesus, the Prince of Peace, the peacemaker walks in the room and there's a miracle that's about to take place but he has to remove all the distractions outside so then the miracle can actually happen. Peace is now fully experienced in this room because the peacemaker entered and all distractions were now removed. Friends, I don't know what it is for you. When I think about these two stories in my own life when it comes to this idea of control and having all the different things that are going on in my own life, there are two things that I want to be committed to. is surrendering, allowing the peacemaker to truly come in and do what he does and begin to identify and remove the distractions so that I can actually experience that peace. Because you and I both know there are things going on in your life right now in your current circumstances that you continue to allow onto your schedule or into your space and you actually can't really move and you feel suffocating right now and you don't know what to do. I'm telling you, friends, one simple act would be like, I need to remove you. I need to remove this. I need to give more space so then the peacemaker can, can come into my life and offer what he promised 
what the angels sung about in Luke chapter two, that the Prince of Peace would come into my life. And like this lady that I can't get out of my head in Ace Hardware weeks ago, standing there in line, fully just at shalom, peace, wholeness, reflection of how good her life is in that moment, even in the middle of a checkout line at Ace Hardware. Peace. Let me contrast this. Several weeks ago, I'm having a conversation with someone who's talking to me about all the things that are going off in their life. I mean, it's just off the rails and they're complaining about this person and that person. I'm telling you, I'm sitting there, I can't even get a word in. And I'm like, hey, you need peace. And then I should have been like, peace out. <laughs> and I think about the contrast of someone who's just like, Man, it's, I just love hardware stores. The smell. I remember my dad used to, when I was a little girl, she used to walk me in. It was just this beautiful experience, man. What was it? That's peace on earth. And then the other moment of like, man, my life is horrible and life sucks. You need peace. I want to hang out with her more. Let's go to every hardware store together so I can just listen to you talk about them. Right? That's the kind of peace I want in my life. I don't know if you're like me, but that's what I want to experience, especially in a holiday season like this. Going into the end of the year, may we experience that type of peace, that type of shalom. So my, so my question is for you to reflect even this week as we lead up to Christmas is that ask yourself, are you at peace? Friend, are you at peace? No, really, like, are you at peace? True shalom, wholeness. the different things that are happening and going around. Are you surrendering? And do you have the courage and the bravery to begin to remove things from your life that you know are busting up the peace in your life that you then can walk into experiencing peace wherever you go? Amen? Do you have that peace? May we allow this Advent season to be one of shared meditation and prayer. We celebrate the profound arrival of Jesus, the Prince of Peace, the one who brings peace into our life. May we walk into the end of this Advent season at the arrival of Jesus that we begin to say, oh, peace is available all the time because of the angel's song, that peace would be available to all those on earth. And it's available to you in this moment right now, amen? So may we walk out of this space today confidently knowing that the Prince of Peace is with me and he's for me and he's available in everything that I'm experiencing. Psalm 23 says this, the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures, he leads me beside quiet waters and he refreshes my soul. May my prayer for myself, my prayer for you that the Lord would be your shepherd, would be your guide, that if he needs to make you lie down, may he do it. That you would find yourself beside still, quiet, peaceful waters, that your soul would begin to be refreshed in this season. Amen? Why don't you stand to your feet as I speak a blessing over us found in Numbers chapter 6, and then we'll conclude with a little bit of that song we were just singing about Jesus, the name of Jesus, the Prince of Peace. May you receive this blessing today, Numbers chapter 6, 24 through 26. 
Just put your hands out like this and just receive it. May the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Let's sing.